Welcome to Orion Valley. What I'm thinking is we do like a cold open uh, where we say, hey, we're now we're covering episodes, w- season one, one and two, The Fall of Shiganshina, uh, and then we cut to the theme music. Wait, is there Attack on Titan rule 34? Oh, like, yeah, almost guaranteed. Oh, okay. If you go to the Attack on Titty subreddit, that's specifically Attack on Titan porn. Wow, that is really something. Is she pulling on her labia? Season one, episode one and two, the fall of Shiganshina. Let's hit it. Uh, Can you just start off the episode with me saying, like, is she pulling on her labia? And then that's it. No, that's, yeah, that's where we started. Now now <laughs> okay. we're in the episode. Welcome to Tea Time with Titans, a Attack on Titan podcast where we are re-watching the series and discussing it uh, while drinking some delicious tea because, you know, it's a stressful show. I'm drinking water because... I, I like to be hydrated, even though my, my water bottle has mold in it and it's really gross. What? Don't worry, Brian, because that was just half of the concept of the show. <laughs> was to be drinking tea. So my name is Sullivan Harris. I'm the big schnoz titan. Uh, and today I am drinking apple cinnamon tea from a brand that I completely forgot, uh, and it doesn't taste very good. So we're off to a great start. No, it starts with a B, but while we were waiting to start recording, I just, it's not Blipton, (laughs) it's Bigelow. Bigelow. Bigelow Tea, and it says, unlock the freshness and enjoy. And this is my second time watching Attack on Titan. Um, The first time I watched the subs, so this time I'm going for the dubs, baby. So this is your first time watching it, right? Yeah, this is is my complete first time watching any anime at all. Um, So it's definitely a treat for me. This wait, any anime? Any I've never seen any I have not watched any anime whatsoever. Even like anime that as a kid you would call a cartoon not knowing it was anime. Like Yu-Gi-Oh, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto. No. No. I never watched really? any of that when I was a kid, no. Got it. Is Pokemon an anime? Yes, Pokemon is an anime. Is it? Okay. I still haven't watched that. I was just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> he got us. <laughs> Uh, so are you watching the sub or the dub? I watched, okay, so we watched, we all watched the first and second episode and I watched the first episode in, I think it was, I watched the first episode in the sub and then the second one was dubbed because I realized I tried doing subtitles back and forth. No, 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 no. I tried, I tried doing subtitles. And then I realized as I was writing down notes, I couldn't pay attention to what was happening still. Like I couldn't listen to anything. So then I was like, I realized, okay, I'm just going to do the overdub so I can still listen to it as I'm writing down notes. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so I'm going to do the rest of the series in dub. Probably a good call. Yeah. 
So that's Brian Taborny. Uh, and then our, our third member of this cast of uh, dumb f- <laughs> uh Ben Mannix. <laughs> Hello, I'm Ben Mannix. I am, this is like my fourth or fifth time seeing this series. I feel like I should be watching the dub now because I've never done that. And I keep watching the sub. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's talking about watching up. Maybe I should go back and watch. Well, up. you should because we so many times have had conversations about this show where we're we're like recommending people the sub or the dub, and you're just like, I've seen it eighteen thousand times, but I don't know. And we're just like, well, the dub is terrible, and you're like, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> well, you, usually the biggest anime do have decent dubs. I've heard that most of the characters are good. It's just um, I've heard that people don't like the main characters per se. I'll, maybe I'll go back and watch the dub and see how it is. Um, anyways, I'm the resident manga reader, so I'm fully caught up on the series right now. Um, and I'm drinking Earl Grey tea, which is my go-to morning tea, as it's 9 in the morning for me right now. Whoa. Right. Oh, that's right. You're in um, o- or- Oregon? Yeah. I mean, let's bite this on the butt right now. So... Uh, the first thing I noticed when going through the second rewatch is the dub. I think it starts to redeem itself like going into the second episode, but like on the first episode, the voice acting for like Aaron Mikasa and Armin is just like it's bad. Like it's just flat out bad. Like all the lines they they felt like first reads. Um all the casting felt like that like they just took the first kid that came into the studio and they're like all right, sure. <laughs> Um, Brian, what do you think? Because you said you started with episode two, which I think the voice acting gets a, lo- a lot better by then. Did you like notice that it was kind of off or anything? I didn't. I didn't think that it was bad per se. I did notice like it was a huge change because in the first episode when I watched the sub, I noticed that like I don't know if it's the way with like all anime, but. The screaming is so (laughs) intense. (laughs) Oh yeah, like it's it's like that's normal. Is it? Yeah, especially with Attack on Titan, they it has very emotional scenes. Yeah, it's like like, the more the more emotional it is, like the more intense and just like it feels almost over the top. The screaming is, Mm -hmm. and it's like in the in the dub, it's so much more mellowed out. Yeah, exactly. I was like watching the first episode and I was like, I remember this being a lot more intense. Um, (laughs) And then so I went back and I watched the sub just a little bit. And I was like, oh, yeah, it was more intense in the sub because everyone's like, Aaron, stand up. We got to go walk to your house. (laughs) Yeah. um... And then then in the dub, it's just like, Aaron, wake up. Especially especially with... uh, Aaron's voice actor. I've watched like videos of him like recreating lines. Like there's a very famous scene at the end of episode two, and like literally his like neck veins are popping out as he's like screaming these lines. Like he's really good, the Japanese voice actor who does Aaron. <laughs> like he's very <laughs> intense when he does it. Well, that's part of the reason I think it does get better over time because when they're just talking calmly, I think they aren't doing a very good job, at least in the first episode. But once you get into the second episode and Aaron starts screaming, I'm like, oh, okay. I see why they cast this American voice actor because he he is very good at the screamy bits. Yeah, which, which spoiler alert, Aaron does a lot. <laughs> spoiler alert, that's 90% of the show. 
So episodes one and two. So I guess we can just talk a little bit about the format we're going to do. So this first, uh, the main body of the show is going to be us talking um, in real time during the rewatch. We won't talk about any spoilers ahead of time. Um, So in the main body, you don't have to worry about us spoiling anything from season two or season three or even episode eight of season one. uh, Because since this is Brian's first watch, we're going to keep it spoiler free. Um, Yay. But uh, at the end of the episode... We're going to kick Brian out of here since Ben and I have both seen the show and he's read the uh, manga and we're going to talk some spoilers at the end. It's going to be a much shorter section, but we're going to talk about little references we've seen uh, on this rewatch because this show is jam packed with Easter eggs and fun stuff like that. Uh, So yeah, spoiler free. We will let you know when we cut into spoilers, but episodes one and two first reactions, um, I guess Brian would be the only real first reaction. So how did you like them? Um, Going into them, I thought... Well, first of first off, the very first thing that comes to my mind, that at least came to my mind when I first saw the first episode, the art style is out of this fucking world. It's weird, right? Like, it's such a weird, it's a, a weird mix of, like, both 3D and 2D animation. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, a lot of the more, like, the sweeping camera moves that they do at some points and, like, the buildings are 3D models, yes. but then yeah. the characters are 2D animated. And it's, mm-hmm. like, just, it's such a crazy cool art style, which I, I really like it a lot. Brian, you're not going to be familiar with this, but this is a problem that typically plagues anime is, you know, people cheaping out and doing 3D animation. It looks really bad. But Attack on Titan does it extremely well because it's always kind of the background features, the stuff you're not really Mm -hmm. looking at to build those huge environments. So the world feels full, but it's done very well. And also just in general, Attack on Titan's drawing style, and this is I mean, they're basically mimicking the original manga, um, the original manga author Isayama's style. He draws very realistic characters compared to most manga authors. Okay. Is it like, is it all digital animation or is some of it cell animated? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it's all hand drawn in computers. Um, Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, uh. It's just all flash animation. <laughs> yeah, no, they, it, it's drawn. I mean, it's the anime. The they have animators. They draw it, but it is very realistic. Um, the characters just. I mean, one of the biggest things they have noses, which is in modern anime kind of <laughs> rare nowadays. They just kind okay. of draw like a little line, and it's like, "There's your nose," but no, like Attack on Ter- Titan characters have very flushed out faces. Right. Well, it's so bizarre too because I feel like um, I feel like in a lot of animes that do have like a more realistic style like it's a common trope in anime to cut to like a chibi style or something like for more like uh intense emotions you know like if they're telling a joke like it'll cut to a more chibi style or like for a funny reaction it'll cut to like a more chibi style Mm -hmm. um but this show it kind of like mixes the realism with like the more cartoony stuff um without even blinking an eye like some characters have normal face proportions um, and some characters just have massive eyeballs and the rest of their face proportions are correct. Like, it's very bizarre. And I know for a lot of people, it's kind of off-putting. I think it's cool, though. Now that you say that, I do realize... Like, I, I realized it, but not, like, consciously while I was watching mm-hmm. the episode. Because, like, I... 
I didn't realize at first that, oh, there are some characters that look kind of normal and then others that have the typical anime art style of like the big eyes and exaggerated features and whatnot. Well, because I think just like with the how they sparingly use the CGI just in situations where they need to, I think they are also doing that with character design where like they use the differences, like the slight differences and like the realism just to make the characters look more different and more unique. I know a, a problem a lot of people have with some animes is just like characters looking the same. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you have that problem at all with this show. Like every no, single yeah. character design is so unique. I could, I, cause I could tell, I could tell like literally just on a whim who was who. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it was, that, I thought it was really well done. That was actually something kind of I was thinking when I was rewatching these last two episodes that I've never really appreciated before. Typically in anime, you know who the main character is. You show someone a picture. It's like that person's the main yeah. character. But like, yes, 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 yes. Aaron actually kind of just blends in with everyone else. Like, he doesn't look... He's extra- the most normal-looking character. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> I, I wrote that in my notes. I was like, wow. Like, he's just a normal guy, which I think, like, suits the themes, like, the overarching themes of the show so well. It's a, it's a very serious story, so it's like, it works mm-hmm. well. It'd be kind of funny if he was running around with Goku <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll get to some crazy <laughs> hairstyles in future episodes, but... Um, he just goes Super Saiyan out of nowhere. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, so let's get into the plot of the episode, right? So what the fuck happens? <laughs> so it starts with, like, like this flash forward, right, of the colossal titan outside the wall, and Aaron's giving this speech, which I think is different between the sub and the dub. Uh, not is a it? lot... I think it this it changes a little bit, but it, the basic premise of it is, uh, <laughs> hey, these ti- these titans showed back up are gonna about to wreck our ship by the end of the episode, and uh, we're gonna be cattle's in a wall. It's like, yep. <laughs> that's so that summarizes it. Uh, so I mean, I I forgot how like we talked about the difference in intensity between the dub and the sub, but how kind of mellow the first episode is like until it gets to the very end it could almost be an episode of like any cartoon network show yes like nothing too intense happens um for the beginning like they're kind of just hanging out uh characters are having conversations um we're meeting like we meet armin we meet aaron we meet mikasa uh we even meet hannes my favorite character of the whole show <laughs> love that guy i thought well see the thing is that to uh- up until the part with um I think it was the the mother with her her like son died and then someone had to break the news to her about it. Yes. And right. The, the, you're yeah. talking about when the survey corps comes back. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, and I thought I thought it was pretty mellow up until that point cuz mm-hmm. at that point I realized like that it really that whole scene puts it kind of puts it into perspective about like how long they've been scared of these Titans for and just Mm -hmm. like how long they've been fighting against them for and trying to figure out how they work and just defending themselves from it. I don't know. I just thought, I thought it was a very interesting scene. No, you're hitting the nail on the head on that one. I'd say. 
I think yeah. what's really fun about this episode is the restraint they show, like not showing you the Titans. Because even like right in the beginning, we have uh, just a quick scene that cuts out to the Survey Corps trying to fight one single Titan. And even then, it's kind of shrouded by trees. It's shrouded by motion blur. You don't see the Titan's face. Um, and you just see them start to attack. So then later, when you just see them show up uh, and like however many of them have died and you have this scene where... Um, is So is this... Ben, you'll have to remind me without spoilers here. Is this the guy that shows up later? Yes, we'll mention that. I, I wrote this down because I just kind of... it. I, I love how it shows the... Uh, just the absolute like depravity, just the defeat yes. all of them are facing because the lady's like, where's my son? Where's my son? Um, and instead of just being like, I'm so sorry he died, they can't even speak. They're, they just say, give it to her. Yes. Literally. And the guy hands her the His arm. His fucking arm. Like Jesus Christ. Yes. Now this is a huge, uh, this scene has such a huge tone shift from what you were seeing mm -hmm. before because it Literally. switches to this somber music. Everyone's injured, covered in blood. Their heads are all down. The crowd's yeah, kind like, of wrap, like One guy has his jaw wrapped in gauze and stuff. Like uh, another thing, I think that this is what, like one of the best pilots ever just by way of like how well it sets up uh, all the themes that are going to play out throughout the next four seasons um, kind of stealthily. Uh, like it isn't super obvious about some of them, but like one of the biggest ones is in that scene uh, that mother is like, um, like uh, just tell me he was brave. Tell me like he his sacrifice meant something and they can't say that. Like the guy just breaks down. He says he was brave, but his sacrifice meant nothing. I sent them all to their deaths. They all died because of me. And what did we get out of it? Nothing. Just like we've gotten every other time we've gone out, um, which sets up the concept of the Survey Corps so well, but then also sets up that overarching theme of like, why are we doing any of this? Like, what is the point of any of this? Yeah. And it definitely, another huge thing you're kind of, that is a focus of the first episode is Aaron wants to join the Survey Corps. And mm -hmm. everyone seems to be against that, with the exception right. of his father. His father. So it really puts like Aaron in this, you know, this is kind of setting him up to be the main character, even though he doesn't look different. You can tell that his attitude is very different. And you get to see with this return of the Survey Corps why everyone is like, that's an absurd idea. Mm-hmm. Because everyone else, like, they've all come to, like, watch everyone come back in this big parade, but, like, they're even just like, get a load of these guys, can't believe mm -hmm. these guys, risking their lives for no reason. Um, when it's, like, normally with something like this, they'd be coming back and it'd be, like, a big parade, it'd be, like, the hero's return, but in this, it's, like, what the heck is going on? Like, everyone is just so, like, against them almost from the start. So, Yeah. I mean, basically, we just meet Aaron Mikasa. They wake up in a hill. Aaron's having some dreams, uh, which is a big thing kind of throughout the season is Aaron and his dreams. Um, they just, they're collecting wood in Wall Maria, right? They're inside of Yes, they Wall go Maria. inside Wall Maria and go collect wood. And so, Ben, give me a reminder here. So, Shiganshina is inside of Wall Maria, right? No, it's actually protruding outside. It's the outside? Maria. Okay. So this gotcha. is something I really love about, like, Attack on Titan does these, like, little title cards, but usually anime, it's just, like, these cute art things, but it's, they're actually filled with information, and that comes yeah, from the original, <laughs> that comes from the original manga, 
um, the author actually does just occasionally a page where it has all this information about the walls or the survey corps or some was, part of the military, the government. I was literally, I, like, I was wondering, like, what those were because I couldn't, like, I couldn't read them in time. Yeah, you have to pause. You have to you pause, pause if you want to read them, <laughs> okay. yes. Okay, okay. And it was, it was also quickly. a little hard to read them because they would put just, like, plain white text over the already, like, so, Japanese. Yeah, the Japanese, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh... It's it's not essential information. It's just little world building information. But building okay. off of Sullivan's question, so Shingashina is this town protruding from Wall Maria, and the idea is the Titans will be attracted to this area, this city where there's a lot of people, and so they don't have to maintain the whole Wall Maria, just these little protrusions. So there's on each wall, there's these protrusions on the north, south, east, and west. Okay, we're in the south. And is it do those those protrusions have like the the one door or something like that that they the like yeah. funnel everybody through? Yeah, so there's the one gate into the wall and then there's the one gate outside into the outside world. Okay. Okay. Now what I've always wondered is is are are these outside protrusions cuz there's four of them, right? One on each cardinal yes. direction are these like kind of like supposed to be the slums and Aaron is just like more well off because he's the son of a doctor in these slums because it seems like that would be the situation but it's, no one seems to be too like poor so it's not really about the protrusions themselves there's actually the manga goes a bit more into it about how there's like the government had to have like a funded program to get people to live there because people would be like we're like well, oh. <laughs> I don't want to live where I'm tight and bait. So the government like, right. incentivize people to live there. But it's not necessarily that those protrusions are poor. You have to remember, it's actually as you get closer to the center, that's where it gets richer. So Wall Maria is just poor in general. I just hit right. my mic. Um, Wall Maria is just poor in general. And then as you get inside, it gets a bit richer until you get to the very center where it's like the central government and whatnot. So, like, in okay. theory, Shiganshina would, like, maybe even be a bit more well-off than typical Wall Maria because of government incentive type stuffs? Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to look at it. I didn't expect we'd get so deep into world building, but here we are. <laughs> the, inf- the, inf- the information is there. And it's all in the first episode, too. Yeah. Like, it, literally. Oh, well, and back to the title guards. What I love so much about them is it... Le- like, I hate a show that... Uh, has its characters berating you with information. Like, if we had to sit there like and exposition. watch, like, Mikasa, be, like, Aaron being like, I want to join the Survey Corps, then Mikasa was like, well, you can't because all of the Titans that are outside, which are just waiting to break through Wall Shiganshina, like, get break through Wall Maria to get yes. to the center <laughs> of the city through the three walls. Like, I hate that kind of stuff. And even though the title cards are kind of doing that, I feel like it's doing that in a way that's, like... uh easier to digest so it's just like here's this title card here's the information just read these couple sentences real quick so we don't have to worry about in that in the episode like we can just worry about the characters and yeah, the emotions you, you get to you get to develop the characters more that way yeah the, yeah the, the thing the thing that the show does so phenomenally is the feed of information where I feel like um, this isn't just it. This is most shows in general. I feel like as the viewer, you almost always inherently have more information than the characters. But that's not true yes, with this yes. show. That you only know as much as the characters know. Mm-hmm. This show's really good at that, <laughs> and it uses that it uses that so well to like build tension and like For get sure. your excitement up. 
Um, especially when it comes to things like the key, which we're going to get into more when we get to the episode two part. Um, but yeah, so basically in this episode, we meet Aaron Mikasa, their buddies. Um, I We kind of get this sense that Mikasa is almost like being fostered by Aaron's family. Um, she's like living with them, eating with them, it looks like, uh, which is something I noticed on the rewatch because um, like something... I, you've probably noticed so far, Brian, but you're going to notice a lot more going forward is uh, Mikasa's like super protectiveness of Aaron. I noticed that. And I, I didn't know at first, I was like, is, I didn't really know her relation to Aaron at first because mm-hmm. I, I was like, is is she his sister or like cousin? And I I didn't really know the relation between them at first. But I think that's, something like that the show has to its advantage that it doesn't sit you down and be like this is what is happening like it just kind of lets you figure things out on your own as time goes on yeah it's not like Aaron cuts into a voiceover hi this is Mikasa (laughs) (laughs) she has had a crush on me since kindergarten (laughs) he turns to the camera like house of cards style (laughs) Yeah, we've got that going on. Uh, we've got Grisha, Aaron's dad, um, who is the doctor in Shiganshina. And it seems to be doctors are in like short supply because he's got to go on some trip. Inwards towards the wall, he said. Yeah, so Mikasa at dinner, she drops the fucking uh, hammer on the table and she tells Aaron's parents that he wants to be a part of the survey corps, uh, which they react very strongly to. Um but Aaron gives a whole speech about why he wants to do it, which kind of like impresses his dad. Yeah, this is this is something I mentioned earlier. His father is the only person that does not react negatively to Aaron saying he wants to join yeah. the Survey Corps. Grisha seems to almost understand and is like, you, tell you what, I'll show you what's in the basement when I get back. Which like <laughs> is just like planting the seed that's going to like grow in your mind and torture you for the rest of your life going forward. Uh, what is in this basement. Um, but then he goes away, goes off on some trip. Um, I believe it's after this when we meet Armin, who's getting bullied mm-hmm. by a couple of fellas. Uh, Aaron runs in headfirst to save him. Um, the bullies are 100% ready to kick Aaron's ass. <laughs> but then we get probably the funniest shot in the episode of Mikasa like sliding out from behind Aaron, running forward <laughs> as well. Uh, and they're like, nope, we're getting out of this situation as fast as possible. Um, so they meet up with Armin. Uh, d- does he, like, he starts talking about, like, wanting, like, th- believing that life is outside the walls, right? Yeah, kind of they, they do They do a little bit there. Um, and it actually does this really interesting scene going into that where the music, the tone kind of shifts back to that ominous, somber tone while mm-hmm. Armin is kind of talking about this possibility of Titans breaching through the walls. And it's like this very dark thing he's talking about. But meanwhile, the, sh- the shot you're seeing is like children playing and laughing, people smiling mm-hmm. and laughing in the marketplace with this like as Armin's narration goes on about this possibility of Titans breaching through the wall. Which is great because I think that also like does a great job of setting our main characters apart from normal kids because they're just kids too. In mm-hmm. this part. Like, they can't be more than, like, what, 10 or 11? I think 10, 11, somewhere around there. 
Yeah. And it's like, instead of being out playing in the streets, they're like getting into street fights and they're having these deep conversations about like what the walls represent. It also like, I think it does just really interesting from the very first episode we see it's like, this is the core friend group and they all mm. very much have different qualities about them. You know, right, where, they kind of have like the Legend of Zelda Triforce thing going yeah, exactly. on. Yeah, Like Aaron's the heart <laughs> and then Armin's the wisdom and then uh, Mikasa's the power, right? Exactly. No, that's that's pretty much exactly what I was going to say. I also like, I realized when I was watching that, that part that you were talking about where it showed like all the kids just like playing around and um, I think it was Aaron's voiceover was over it saying like, oh, the, the Titans are you know, the Titans are bad and they want to get in here. And he was like doing that whole monologue thing. And it yeah. like, it reminded me a lot of Terminator 2. I've never seen Terminator 2 because I, I neither, neither have I. Really? Oh, shit. Okay, All right. Brian, go ahead. Tell us why this reminds you of Terminator 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like the whole premise of Terminator is that like, you know, there's this it's dystopian future and then this woman finds out about it in the past and she's trying to like prevent it. And there's this part in Terminator 2 where, well, there are several parts where it sh she's like, she knows about the future. Yeah, there and about typically are several parts in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, there are these like, there are these parts where right, she, she knows what's going to happen. Yeah. She knows that like, there's like judgment day in this, um, you know, this nuke that's going to go off and kill humanity and whatnot. And she's, like, looking on um, a bunch of, like, kids that are playing on a playground. And she's, like, she's got the narration over and she's saying, like, you know, we're all going to fucking die. And it mm -hmm. that one part in Attack on Titan really reminded me of Terminator for some reason. You know, I actually might have seen that scene. I think I know really? what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I love that it does that too, though, Brian, because like to date this podcast, um, they just released news of uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity or whatever. Oh, fuck yes. To bring it back to Legend of Zelda for the second time. But I, and it takes place 100 years before Breath of the Wild, uh, like where everything went to shit. And some of my favorite stories are ones where it's like, we know that, that like where this leads is not good. Yeah. Um, and like, this first episode is Armin basically sitting there and telling you this is not going anywhere good. <laughs> so yeah, with the with the greatest uh, lightning bolt of uh, ironicism, right as Armin says, like they're gonna break through eventually. Armin, you fucked it up. Yeah, I think we could blame him. <laughs> A huge lightning bolt, giant puff of smoke, uh, and then biggest titan anyone has ever seen standing outside of the walls. And then, um, then, and then you're at that opening shot that we got at the very beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. This is like, so up until this point is what I was saying about this could have been the pilot for any Nickelodeon show. Uh, even the stuff with like the, the survey corpse coming back, I think they could have gotten away with it because even then there's not that much blood really or anything. The arm might have been the worst thing. <laughs> right. But then yeah. we... This fucking thing shows up and he kicks that wall down and all of a sudden it's like we've got people getting crushed by boulders, blood splattering everywhere, uh, titans coming through the wall. Like it just does a hard right turn into 
a sequence that is like even on second watch is hard to watch. And going going off of what you said earlier, now we're getting clear shots of these titans. Which right now we're feeling the terror. <laughs> like, which honestly, like. What he went with with the design of the Titans, the original creator, these just naked people with big smiles mm-hmm. on their faces, I think is a lot scarier than like any like monster like creature he could have come Literally, up with. Literally, the the Titans in this, like they freaked me the fuck out just looking at them. Cause they, they have like these creepy, like Joker like smiles on their faces, and they're just mm-hmm. they're naked. Like what's scarier than a dude smiling naked <laughs> running at you? <laughs> No, that's true. That's a fact, though. Like, I can't really think of... Yeah. Like, I, a bear running at me, in my opinion, would be less scary than a fat, like, fully grown <laughs> naked adult male <laughs> sprinting at me, you know? <laughs> but they have, like, such a surreal quality to them. Because like you said, they have those huge smiles... And yet their eyes ha- are, like, emotionless. Like, they're almost, like, dead. Yeah, totally like, dead literally. Eyes. Like they're so freaky looking. Like they're human, but you're, they're human, but they're not. Yes, mm-hmm. there's 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 some there's something human like about them, but there's so much missing. Which is mm-hmm. so it's so off putting. Like it, it triggers like a it triggers like a sense in in your brain that's just like, am I supposed to be scared by these things or not? It's almost uncanny valley, right? Yeah, like like uncanny valley almost, but it it doesn't intentionally and it does it well. Like, it just, it triggers something. So, everything starts going to shit. Uh, people start running for the doors uh, to Wall Maria, or the singular door to Wall Maria, and um, Aaron realizes that his house is in the direction that all the Titans are storming in from. Uh, so, being the classic Aaron he is, just like with the bullies, he takes off towards the confrontation uh, without even thinking about it. Mikasa follows him. Um, Armin kind of freezes up a little bit. Um, is unable to move. He like his hands shaking. He has to steady himself. Um, but he's like, "This is it. Life is over." Uh, but they run to Aaron's house, and there's a boulder on top of it. And his mother is stuck in there with her head poking out. And they're like trying to lift the wood to get her out. And this scene is terrible, and it hurts my heart. <laughs> it's also there's a huge amount of tension building because Aaron's in complete denial the whole way there. He's like mm-hmm. doing this whole monologue thing of I'm gonna run yeah. around, my house will be fine, this is gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad because that's such like his his like uh, stream of consciousness in that moment is so childlike, uh, kind of compared to like these deep soliloquies they've been having so far and like these yeah. uh, big like epic monologues he says like explaining why he wants to be in the survey corpse and then in this moment he's just like I'm gonna turn around I'm gonna get around the corner my house is gonna be there it's gonna be just like it always is like it's it's so sad yeah for sure oh and they get there and there's nothing they can do but they're still trying anyways they're trying to lift the rubble off of her and uh, Titan comes around the corner and, and then there's this, like, incredible, like, oh, we're going to give you hope of Hannes shows up and I'm going to mm-hmm. save the day. Only Hanna, to be- okay, Hannes is my favorite fucking character, all right? Because this part is incredible. Yes. Um, because we have that scene, which we didn't mention, like, at the beginning of the episode where they run into Hannes and him and his buddies, who are supposed to be these soldiers who are protecting the walls, keeping an eye out, and if a Titan ever shows up, they can, like, jump into action and kill them. They're all drunk. 
just yes. hanging out, not doing their job, uh, which sets up this idea of complacency of everyone just feels safe. Um, and so nobody's really trained to fight these things anymore. Um, and so Hannes shows up and I think he's such a great character because like Aaron, he's like, why are you guys freaking out? This is my job. I can do this. And he runs straight forward to go attack that Titan. But then the second he like looks it in the eyes, he, he just completely loses like all of his cool. Is it bad? Is it bad for me to say that I think that in my in the first episode, I think that this this whole city has had it coming for a long time? <laughs> No, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it had it what, coming. What Sullivan but, said about complacency is what exactly what was was being set up. That was the tone that was going for, going for. Um, Aaron, I think, calls them cattle, right? That they're all just ready to be cattle. Mm-hmm. The walls are a pen, and they are the cattle. I don't know because I just thought that like they they kind of had their like the whole city had this ego. Of like, well, the Titans haven't broken in for the past 100 years, so why would they do it now? And mm-hmm. it's like, they weren't prepared yeah, whatsoever exactly. for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, which is going to be very important going forward. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so Hannes uh, bitches out, which is probably good because he definitely would have died had he gone forward and tried to take down that Titan. Um, and then everyone would have died. So... Um, it, it's kind of this weird thing, which I think episode two gets into more of like their moral decisions at this point kind of don't even matter. Um, like they're so small potatoes and these Titans are so big and such a force of nature that like standing up and being the hero makes no difference whatsoever. Yes. Um, especially if you're just one person. Um, and so yeah, Hannes runs away. He grabs the kids uh, and they take off. I believe Mika- uh, Aaron's mom makes Mikasa promise to protect Aaron and like make mm-hmm. sure he doesn't die, uh, which I think I kind of like overlooked on my first watch because I never really considered that like a big um, like motivating factor for Mikasa's character. But I think it goes on to be that, and they take off running, and I believe that's the end of episode one. Well, it ends on. The incredibly brutal shot of Aaron watching his mom slowly be oh, yeah. up and then munched on with blood yeah, spraying that, through the isn't air. There? <laughs> that was so it was so fucking brutal. That was so gruesome. And I was not expecting it, but I still loved it at the same time. Cause it was so like well animated and so well done. Um, which I think is a good time to transition into a segment I like to call uh Tiff, tilfs, Titans, I'd like to fuck. Uh, <laughs> were there any were there any tilfs in this episode for you guys? Um, because I like the power that this big blonde Titan is exuding. Uh, I like the the initiative she's showing by eating eating Aaron's mom. Uh, really not giving a fuck. Um, so yeah, personality wise, I would say the blonde Titan is a tilf for me. I guess, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think in the whole episode. I guess she's the best we see. Because most of the Titans, honestly, compared to Titans, we see, like, the, the Titans we see in this episode, honestly, are kind of plain. <laughs> they are. They're very they- vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's just losing his mind. <laughs> yeah, we get we get to the good ones later. I don't remember um, any of the ti- I don't, like, I don't remember any of them <laughs> off the top of my head. Going forward, you'll you'll start seeing ones that you'll like, and uh, 
You'll oh, let us know. You'll let us know in our TILF section. I say this now because <laughs> I also don't think that there's a ton in episode two that are really noteworthy. Um, no. Not really many Titans at all in episode two. I mean, they're there, but like there aren't any. I feel like in the later seasons, we get kind of like featured Titans um, with cool designs and uh, they have like much more of a like bits to them. But yeah. So that's the end of episode one. We also have that shot of. Um, so the whole time Aaron's mom is being so brave and being like, just leave me, just leave me. And then she has to like cover her mouth while she like whispers, like, please don't leave me as yes. they're all running away. She has to resist the urge to scream for help. Mm. Hurts. Uh, but then we get into episode two. Um, so they're all running away. And I think Aaron throws a little hissy fit at Hannes. Mm. But we get this great character moment with like, I love this line that Hannes says of like, uh, you're a kid, you're weak, I'm worse. Uh, like, I think that line... <laughs> Brian, what yeah. the fuck is wrong? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fucking... I'm just looking over the notes that I took on the on the second episode, and one of, one of my notes, I'm like, it's really fucking ruthless I am. It just says, this city had it coming. Fucking unprepared as hell. Soldiers not trained well. <laughs> only one gate between defense walls. Only two boats to carry everyone out in an emergency. <laughs> so, okay, Brian, you're the me. type of person that would be like, the teacher would give a test with like really hard, unfair questions. And then you just be like, well, you should have studied. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's basically all this episode is. is it's just like showing how unprepared they were for like... Literally. Like they have the stuff in place for the basic Titans. But like the second these... Uh, quote, what are they called? They have like a name, right? Uh, specialty Titans? Select Titans? We don't want to say it now. I'll say it We don't want to say it. Okay. Do sure. you want to call... You'll... You'll hear their names in, I think, episode three or four. Do we want to say what they're called now? Their actual, what they refer to them oh, as? Oh, variants. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, okay. That's, That's the word I was thinking, thinking of. Um, Brian, <laughs> so we've seen this giant Titan, right? Um, and then we also have a second Titan show up in this yes. episode, which is this big gold boy who is able to just ram through the walls. Now, I think we should play a fun game of what would you name these Titans, Brian? If you could name the big gold Titan and the very big, uh, like, skinned, muscly Titan, what would you name them? Derek. Derek? Which one is Derek? The one that, the one that fucking charges through the wall? I knew it. Derek. Derek? Okay. That one's Derek, That's yeah. De <laughs> Definitely a Derek. Okay. What about the big boy? I don't know what I would call him, honestly. Now, Ben, how insane would it be if Brian, just by some insane like luck of the draw, guessed the correct name? Um, I'd say you'd have better luck winning the lottery ten times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, this episode, I feel like the actual plot of it isn't super like linear. Like, I mean, obviously there's an A to Z, but it's kind of just like it cuts around to different Episode things two that are is happening. All, all over the place, for sure. Uh, one of the scenes I liked the most, um, which like really goes to show that thing I was saying of how like meaningless these moral questions are, are when they're like the the wall 
what the fuck are they called? What are the wall protectors called? The garrison. The garrison. When they're like debating whether or not to close the door. Yes. Um, and it doesn't and then, matter. Right. And it doesn't matter. Like Hannes shows up and he's like, you can't close the door yet. There's still people coming. The other guys are running in. There's like, there's Titan coming. Close the door. And it's this huge moral debate that in anything else would be like a turning point. But then you get the reveal of the armored Titan. As he walks around the corner. That was definitely, like, that was like an oh shit moment in the episode for me. When when that Titan just like, mm-hmm. he charges through the wall and it didn't, did not matter if they closed the gate or not. That was like, uh-huh. an, that was an that, oh shit moment for me. That was, I forget, like on the rewatch, I'm paying attention. I realized just how cool that reveal is. Like yeah. this Titan is not like the others. He's kind of yeah. like walking normally. He just takes a stance and fucking goes <laughs> he does a really dramatic like sprinters pose before he takes <laughs> off uh that part's cool um you also have like the things with like like brian what you said with there's only two boats and they can't like possibly get everyone yeah literally i was and it was a little confusing because i was like they were cutting back and forth between like all these now I know that there were two boats, but at this at the time I was watching it, I was just like, how many boats are there exactly? But now I realize that there was two. And they only had two boats, literally, for like everybody mm-hmm. in the city. Yeah, which in theory they could go back and forth, but like what's that going to do during an evacuation? Yeah, literally. Uh, yeah. And they have to like Not leave people behind. And then yeah, there were no, the people like jumping onto the boats. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The desperation of this scene is so well like conveyed where they're like yelling at people don't bring your possessions we're fitting as many people as we can they're like we gotta leave this boat there's people jumping trying to make it to the boat even though there's like they're saying they can't fit them and And so these boats are taking them uh through to wall rose correct yes they're going to wall rose right um and once they get into wall rose so that's the second wall you've got maria then you got rose and once they're inside that second ring um, you start to see that, like, uh, they reveal that it's not going too well in here even before the Titan attack. Like, there's fam- there's a famine going on. There's not enough food to go around. And now you have these thousands and thousands and thousands of refugees from Wall Maria uh, who are coming in and need to be fed and need to be housed. Um, and so they have some trouble getting food. Uh, you can tell that there's kind of this air of arrogance to the people inside of Wall Rose. Uh, they f- I believe at one point... One of the garrison in there refers to them as rats that are coming in through their walls. Um, Just not a nice attitude. And then we get kind of what I think is really one of the only... Well, I guess... So we have the scene where Aaron's like, I'm going to go fight him. I'm going to one-on-one all these titans (laughs) with my fists. Aaron's (laughs) defining moment where he's screaming about wanting to kill all the titans. Mm-hmm, which is great. And we also have, so they fall asleep in this warehouse for a night. Um, and Aaron has this very strange dream about his father. Um, and when he wakes up, he finds this key around his neck. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, the, yeah, that's the, this is, this goes back to the, what I was talking about earlier about the feed of information. Like we're just given little snippets of his father Mm-hmm. And it's like not really coherent either. Nothing. Yeah. Just we see his father. We see the key. That's it. Yeah. Um, Mikasa gets a great moment where she punches Aaron in the face after he gets all intense with Armin, saying he's going to go fight the the 
Titans one-on-one. And she's like, yo, not going to let you die. Your mom made me make a promise. And uh, you're like, I'm keeping you alive no matter what. Aggressively shoves bread in his mouth. Yeah. And it's not even just like, she doesn't just shove it in his mouth. And that's that. Like she kind of like pushes it, like gives it a little push and pull motion. That, too. that, that's, uh, that scene had like an odd sexual tension to it that I did not like. Mm-hmm. Well, there's very, there's very funny guests online where people just blur the bread. Yeah, of course. Very, very bad. Put the browser's logo uh, ben, on there. Ben spends about probably one 48th of his day browsing the Attack on Titan subreddit. Would you say that's fair? Probably somewhere around that. Yeah, I've <laughs> subscribed to like three or four of them. So not only is he our manga guy, our anime guy, he's also uh, knows every Attack on Titan meme that has ever been created. Yeah, I'm a meme archivist of Attack on Titan memes. <laughs> uh, but then, okay, so what I was saying is we get I think this is really the only time the series does this is it explains like a big chunk of the plot in narration about how um, people were starving. They tried to have all the refugees farm for a bit, but that wasn't working. The ground was too hard. It was too cold, the famine, whatever. Um, So what they end up doing is just sending most of the refugees out to try to fight the Titans like in hand-to-hand warfare pretty much um, in which almost every single one of them obviously dies. You know, right. that's something I kind of want to see now, like, animated. Like, just see a bunch of men with, like, pitchforks just trying to <laughs> yeah. take down, like, this, like, 40-foot titan. Like, there's there's no, like, working around that. There's no question about it. They, like, literally were just like, we don't have enough food. We're going to send these people out to die in a way where we're not just plainly saying we're sending you out to die, you yes. know? But they basically are, because it's like, you go out there with a sword or a pitchfork, there's nothing you can do. Like, maybe they have those cannons that they show on the top of the wall. Which uh, also do nothing. But Which they show us is completely ineffective. Yeah. Um, and so Armin's grandpa, who we don't really meet, but he's talked about earlier in the episode, uh, he got them all some food. Uh, he dies in this battle. Um, which, I, I don't know, do you know the exact time frame that takes place in Ben? Like, how long this time jump is? It's uh, over the course of a few months, I believe. Isn't is it not like years? Because I feel like they're old once we get to training. Like, um, yeah, I guess it is years because they were eleven, and then they're about they're about like fifteen, 14, 16? 15, 15, I think when they're in training corps. You're right. There is a few year time jump. Which it, uh, um, which is fine. I'm fine with that, but. Uh, it's really the only time this show does that. And I was wondering, I wanted to ask you, Ben, does it cover this period of time more in the manga or is it kind of just like narration over like big paintings? Um, no, it pretty much goes that pace, if I remember it correctly. It's just, it's, this isn't like, there's not a lot of information to be conveyed here. Like he mm-hmm. just kind of jumps a few years, like, Here's what happens. Here's right. what was the result. And then they're training. But I think it does show the willingness of like the hires up within Wall uh, Sheena, like their willingness to sacrifice like thousands of lives to protect like the most inner circle of this. Yeah. Uh, this, this city. Um, yeah. Without, that, without ever really seeing it, we kind of get how cold this government is, you know? Yeah. 100%. Armin talk, Armin, Armin's like, you know, 
makes this line that outside information is taboo or information of the outside mm-hmm. world is taboo. You can't talk about it. And then they just kind of send thousands to their death just to alleviate the food crisis. Right. And then even just within the difference between the garrison members uh, at Wall, like stationed at Wall Maria and the garrison members stationed um, at Wall Rose, like you see like Hannes at Wall Maria, like obviously they're not a- equipped to handle Titans. Uh, they're kind of like lackadaisical, but they do kind of have more of a connection to the people they're protecting. Like they definitely seem more like open-hearted uh, and yeah. generous and giving. And whereas the garrison members in Wall Rose like seem to have this snooty, like higher up, uh, like upper middle class sense to them. But that's pretty much the episode. So after that, we after that time jump, we're four-ish years into the future now. And our three baby boys have decided to uh, start training to be... Uh, what, what would we call them at this point? The military? I don't know. Yeah, the soldiers, military. What tra- are they? Train, um, train soldiers, soldiers is a good word. Uh, um, to fight these titans and like hopefully like with the end goal of taking back Shiganshina and Walmaria. This is a very interesting thing I noticed specifically about the end of episode two. I feel like if this was a traditional anime, this would be like an uplifting, like inspirational mm-hmm. moment. Like I'm going to train and kill all the Titans. But the yeah. way episode two ends when they're all standing there in the training lines, it like has these very like melancholy chimes playing and it's Aaron's mm-hmm. face is all shadowed and wrinkled with anger. And it ends on this very dark, sinister note. Well, yeah, because everything we've seen so far has told us if you face down these titans, you die. And yeah. now we have our main characters saying, we're going to face down our titans. So then what's the what's the equals here? What's the one plus one equals two? It's like we're basically being told our main characters are going to die. Um, instead of it being like we don't ever see someone take down a titan. Like even if we just saw Hannes take down one titan, we would have had that like typical anime, like hopeful ending because we know there's a yes. chance. But like, as of now, there is like no hope. We have yeah, no we have hope not as seen viewers. A single Titan being taken down yet. That is a good point. Uh, and that's the end. That's the end of the episode. Um, Whoa, Brian, it's crazy. So, what what are your thoughts thus far? Are you into it? I'm definitely. I'm definitely into it. Like. It's my very first anime that I've ever seen. My first, at least, you know, genuine, um, like, Japanese anime. And it's, like, it's definitely, it's an interesting premise. And it's got some interesting characters. I don't know if I'm a huge, I don't know if I'm a huge fan of Eren yet or not. (laughs) Yeah, no, well, that's fair. Yeah, I I know it's only two episodes. Yeah, I don't know. I know it's only two episodes, but I'm not like the biggest fan of him because he just seems like like an angsty teen almost, like an like edgy teen who just like you know the Titans killed my mom and now I want to kill them. And it's like I feel like I've Mm -hmm. I've seen that before in characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what I think that this show does especially well and especially going forward though is. Like, he doesn't think. That's kind of his whole thing. Uh, He just completely goes by heart. And that's not something that's just, like, lingering in the background. Like, that actively affects, like, the choices he makes because he doesn't think of his choices actively lead to major developments in the plot. Um, And, like, 
major developments in the lives of him and his friends. Um, and like, they don't just say like, that's his character. Now let's throw him in situations. And like his character doesn't have an effect on anything. Like you will see like the things you dislike about him have repercussions in the future. Um, I okay. think the show does that like exceptionally well. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Like I see exactly where you're coming from. It's funny because where I'm at in the story, I would honestly say that Aaron's one of my favorite, if not my favorite character of the show. And I think that's strange to say that the main character is my favorite character of the show. But mm-hmm. I didn't start to think that until what will be season four. So mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's well, because characters also have genuine arcs in this show, which is yes. unfortunately rare in TV these days. So <laughs> um, it's like if you dislike a character now, it's most likely going to be because they have plans to develop them further, you know? Because you can't have a character, like if you have a character that just starts out good and does everything right from the beginning, you have a boring show. Um, which is, I just rewatched Korra, and that's my favorite part of Korra, is that most people started that show and they said, Korra sucks, she's the worst character, she's so irrational, like, she doesn't know what she's doing, but that's the beauty of Korra, is that whole show is her learning to become someone that might be able to make the right choice, like, one once in a hundred. Um, I think, I think, I can't wait to follow Aaron's hero's journey going forward. I'm interested. I'm interested to see what what will happen to our our main character throughout throughout this show. And now, Brian, let's hear your thoughts on where you think this show is going. Brian, I want you to predict the plot of the final episode of Attack on Titan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to predict that the Titans all fucking die. You think they're all going to die? I think I don't know about all I don't know about all of them but I think that at some point at some point they have to find some kind of a weakness with the Titans in order to you know mm-hmm. try and defeat them um yeah that's that's like the the next main step for for me is that they have to try and find a weakness of some kind now I'm going to go into a a part I am quite proud of but I completely forgot so let's rate oh, this God. episode Time to rate episodes one and two of Attack on Titan. So uh, the way we're going to rate this is we're going to pretend that these episodes are Titans. um, And I want you guys to tell me how far you think they would get into uh, the walls of this city. So the rating system is going to be, uh, if it's a one star, it's a Shiganshina. It could just break through into Shiganshina. Two stars, it can get through that wall Maria, baby. Three stars, uh, I believe Trost would be the next one. Yes, uh, which you don't know yet, Brian, but you will. Four. It was technically is, mentioned. That's where they go. That's the city they go right. to when they evacuate. Which is another one of those like outlier nipple uh, walls. Yes, <laughs> nipple cities. But on the I outside to, of Wall I had to Rose, look up, instead of I had to look up a map just to like visualize, uh, visualize the city mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, four stars is going to be a rose. Five stars is going to be a Shino, which is the inside wall. Uh, so again, that is Shiganshina, Maria, Trost, Rose, and Shina. Uh, those are our five stars. Um, so we'll start with the first episode, I guess. Uh, I'm going to give the first episode. I'm not going to blow my whole load here. So I'm just going to say that that was a uh, that was a that was a, a Trost for me or a, a wait. What, what was my system again? <laughs> 
Wait, what was four? Wait, okay. Uh, Shigashira. I'm, a, I'm still a little confused. Wait, what the fuck? Rose, yeah. <laughs> Wait. Oh, come on. What are these? What are these walls? I've never. What's an anime? Uh, I'm gonna give it a four star. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna give the first episode a rose because I think it's amazing. Um, I think it does an incredible job of establishing everything you need going forward. Uh, but I think that the show eventually goes to like narrative lengths that I haven't seen in anything before. Uh, so I kind of want to hold off on my five five star rating. Um, for for those like super super special episodes. Hold on. What the fuck <laughs> is this rating system? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I came up with this rating system after watching season three, and I still had to consult a note sheet. So <laughs> you can make it six stars and introduce Stoic District, which is the southern nipple of the Sheena Wall Sheena. <laughs> okay, Austin, Austin Burchard, if uh, any of you know him, uh, just. <laughs> I, I, I just listed out like that rating system on our Discord channel and he just responded <laughs> definitely one. <laughs> Having no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> so I guess according to Austin, episode one is a uh, Shiganshina for him. Uh Brian, what's your rating? Um so for episode one, I would say episode one is I wanna I also wanna say a four, just because it's I know it's probably not gonna be the absolute best episode in the entire show. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go that far, but mm -hmm. it does a great way of setting up the environment that you, that you are about to be, um, hold on. What am I saying? It does a great Playing job in? in setting. It's, yeah. It does a great job setting up the environment and the city and just all the different characters that you have to, that you have to meet. And it also just does a great way of, showing the helplessness of this city against the Titans. Mm -hmm. And just to go more on that point, something we didn't mention is like the, the city itself, like especially within like Shiganshina has a very unique look to it. Um, and especially a very unique look to it as a battleground, like an eventual battleground. Uh, and I think it, it does set all that stuff it up does, very yeah. well. I can see that. Uh, ben? I I'm not afraid to blow my load. I would give this a Walshina, a five star, just because I think this <laughs> that Titan's going I, straight through, baby. Take it th to the this, center. This for <laughs> this first episode is among the best for me. It just does an incredible job establishing the story, feeding you information, and also, as we're going to talk very shortly, gives you so much information that you can see that this series is yeah. well thought out. That's completely fair. Um, like I said, like where I'm coming from giving it a rose is simply that there are like two or three episodes in this show that I think just completely like narratively, like not from like a world building perspective or a character perspective, just what they do with narrative um, is incredibly impressive. Uh, and like, I just got to reserve that spot for these like these big episodes that I love so much. Um, I also would like to preface... Even if I give something like a Shingashina, honestly, I don't think there's a bad episode in this series. I love this show so much. No, that, it like, does. It's one of those ones with a baseline quality that is hard to beat. 
So it's just like, I feel like the rating is relative, not actually speaking on how good it is. For sure. This is all relative to like within the show. Like when we give something a one, it's probably going to be like in any other context, it would be like a four stars out of five. But this is just like within the show itself, like what's our lowest episode and our highest episode. Uh, And the lowest episode is still pretty high in a general sense. Um, Episode two, uh, I think it holds, uh, it kind of doesn't... um, get there quite as much for me. I'm going to give it a trust, uh, a three, but like we just said, it's all relative. It's still an amazing episode. Um, it just, it doesn't quite have the oomph of the first episode for me. Um, it doesn't do anything like spectacularly cool narratively. Uh, the time jump is a little bit weird, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a, a trust, which I would say is a solid score. Um, for me, for me, I would say episode two. I would give it. It's not. A, it's not as strong as episode one. Obviously, I would give it like a. I would give it like a two. Honestly, um, well, I think something the episode does, which I think could be pretty divisive, is the first episode really like builds up a lot of speed at the end, and then the second episode kind of straight from the beginning like slows down a little it's bit. It's very mellowed, which out, yeah. I think. I think um, pacing-wise, that is cool and interesting to do, especially, like, since it kind of breaks the norms of the genre. But, like, I, I think in, like, some minds, and this is probably what you were feeling, it kind of makes it feel out of place as a follow-up to, like, the insane shit that happened right at the end of episode one. Yeah, no, I would definitely, I would agree with that. It definitely, it wasn't as strong as the first episode. Um and then it does it does mellow out and slow down, um, so I don't know. It just yeah, I would give it like a, I would give it a two honestly for me. But that's just in comparison to the the first episode. I didn't think it was a right. bad episode at all. I'd also give it a trust just because, um, basically it's the reasons that have been said. I, as I was watching, I noticed that the episode two does feel like it slows down a lot aside mm-hmm. from Derek showing up as Brian. <laughs> Derek. Um, it does feel, it, it does good exposition, <laughs> but it, it does feel slower. I, I would have given this a Maria, but when Derek showed up, it went to an instant trust. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, before Brian, before you leave, uh, and Ben and I go into some spoily, spoilery territory, is there any final words you want to say uh, a- as we go forward into this first season of any anime ever for you? I think Derek is definitely a TILF. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, is Derek your TILF? I would say Derek is my TILF. So we do have a TILF in episode two. <laughs> <laughs> Play the theme music. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I'm super stoked to watch this with you because I'm really excited to see like what you pick up on, Brian, like what you think stands out. Because this is a show with like lots of Easter eggs. Um, it plants ideas on... It plants like huge ideas like super early on. Um, so I'm excited to see your reaction to everything as it happens. And I'm just excited to watch this great show again. <laughs> this show fucking rules. Um, but I guess now uh, Ben and I are going to take a little deep dive into some more spoiler things into those Easter eggs. Next week, uh, we're going to be doing the next two episodes. So episodes three and four. So uh, Brian, Yay. adios, amigo. Kicking me out. 
just like my dad did when I was six. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now that Brian's gone, seriously, what's your tilf? Um, what's my tilf? Yeah. Um, or I no, we, we 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 won't drop that bomb. Yeah, you, you let okay. me know your tilt when we get there. Um, okay, okay. Uh, so I think we should give the premise. Of oh wait, the spoiler section, right? Spoilers. Do not go forward. Um, if you are watching the show in real time with us, um, and this is your first time watching, uh, because you will be sorely uh, disappointed to have us two knuckleheads reveal things for you. Um, that happened in this show. So leave now. If you've only seen episode one and two, uh, but if you have watched the whole series, uh, stay with us and we're going to talk about some cool shit. Uh, yeah. And by the whole series, I mean the up till the end of season three. I will not right. spoil anything in the manga, but you ha- we will spoil anything up to the end of season three. That is fair game. Yeah. Uh, and we won't spoil, or I, I don't know, if, if season four, because who knows when season four is coming out, but if it does come out, are we going to talk about season four in this section? Maybe a little bit. Maybe if if it starts airing and we'll if we do, we'll or, give a we'll give a warning before we'll give a special season four section at the very end. If <laughs> yeah, well, it's just like the walls. Yeah, exactly. The first one is Wall Maria. This part is Wall uh, Rose, and then our season four talk will be Wall Sheena. Um. Okay, yeah. so I. Uh, am terrible at watching. I didn't notice a lot, but I did notice a couple little things. Um, do you, you probably have a more exhaustive list, so I'll let you start. I have a pretty good list. I think to start, let's start with the title cards. That's like both spoilery, and I can't even talk about episode one because that's not been revealed yet. The title of episode I don't, yeah, one. Yeah, I don't know what that means. To you, 2,000 years in the future, I will say it will eventually be resolved. There's a chapter. The first chapter has that same name. There will be a chapter mm-hmm. in the season four adaptation, probably an episode tale too. <laughs> that's that's called, called to you now. No, it's from you 2000 years in the past. No. So it will eventually be resolved. That's so, um, okay. First of all, fuck t- these people. Cause that, like setting that up and in season three, I don't even have any concept of how that's going to come back around. Um, But you're telling me that there is a way that's going to come back around. Like, that's just the perfect example of how fucking good this show is. It is relevant. Like, this title one, and it's set up, I think it's like chapter 120. So chapter one, 120, 10 years later, he set Mm -hmm. that up. Um, But the second title card we can discuss, and I think it's very interesting. Episode two is called That Day, which shares the same title as um, episode four. 57 i want to say which is also called that day and the two episodes i mean we see episode two um that's when aaron declares that he's going to kill all the titans Mm -hmm. and i think the reason that shares the episode or the same tale as episode 57 is that's the episode grisha loses his sister so these kind of this Uh, parallel oh yeah 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 i was forgetting what exactly happened but that's the one where like the first one where we see Yes. Like, where we get an explanation. Yes, now that's the first episode of seeing the world of Marie, Mar- Marley and seeing mm-hmm. the world outside the walls. And it's like, it sets up this really interesting parallel between, those are the two episodes between father and son where they both kind of get their purpose. Oh, both that's good. Aaron, yeah. wants his, Aaron wants his revenge on the Titans. Uh-huh. Grisha wants revenge on Marley. Good catch. Fuck, so yeah. that's the first thing that I noticed. 
Because I know those two episodes were named the same thing, but I haven't thought much about it uh, past that. But yeah, that's yeah. that's good. Uh, so it's the thing I noticed, um, so from episode two, uh, I honestly forgot about the dream kind of, but the dream is real. The dream just happened. <laughs> like yes, watching that now is. and knowing that that's just a thing that happened and not a dream was bizarre. Yes, no. And they show you the syringe. Grisha says something along the lines of, like, you gotta get to the basement. I think he's repeating yeah. that. You gotta get to the basement. And he's like, this is the, the only way. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think he says for, like, your mother, for Mikasa, yada, yada, something along those lines. And, and I also... Like, that's all we get. The, and the first time I watched it, I didn't notice that uh, he didn't have the key going to sleep and had it waking up. I just assumed mm-hmm. that he had it the whole time. Um, which I think might just be a kind of like a trick they played on you because like they don't make it obvious that it like now just appeared on his chest like it could have easily been under his shirt or something um no which is what i assumed aaron just looks down and notices he has it and there's kind Mm -hmm. of this look of surprise and it's like but you know you see in episode one grisha has the key when he walks out the door and all of a sudden aaron wakes up with the key yeah. You see, uh, there's also, I think, a scene that shows a- our Grisha on the cart, like, crying, saying he, like, he has to get back. Yeah, yep, yeah. Um, because um, at that point, uh, which I guess I think that also, if I'm correct with my timeline, Grisha's not going inland to see patients. This is when he's executing his plan to get the founding titan. Yes, yeah, 100%. Um, so that's also just a very interesting, it, it's not super relevant story-wise, but it's just interesting you know, this way, you probably, Grisha probably has some blame on himself, you know, he's going to do this, and then the wall is attacked. Mm-hmm. I and mean, it's fun to see, because it's kind of like these two different timelines, and you see the Grisha timeline of what he was doing during these first couple of episodes later on, and it's just fun to see, like, watching it again, how those two timelines match up so perfectly, and, like, correlate yeah. so well, like, the planning that went into that is, it's just, it's fun. Yeah, for sure. No, and then that's, um, let's see. Another thing. Oh, what you wanted to mention earlier, Commander Shadis, the yeah. training course or training guy. That's Train who we man. see earlier leading the survey corps, which yeah. that's not revealed to, I want to say like the third to last episode or um, mm-hmm. it's like the last episode of season three, part one. That that's revealed that the original survey, not the original, but the survey corps commander when Aaron was a kid, was Shadis. Yeah. Um, and, like, you can kind of see it. Uh, you can see it. That's what I was going to say. You but it's, like, not it super obvious. Like, his eye bags are a bit less, and he's got the hair. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, once you know it, like, it's obviously him. Some other characters I saw. So there's uh, the... I noticed two, and I think they're both in episode two. So I saw Annie in episode yes. two. Annie uh, is very line. briefly in the food line. Yeah. And then uh, Bertolt and Reiner were both uh, in that flash forwardy sequence. Um, like when they're talking about uh, ever, like all the, the refugees going to work at the farms, there's like a big crowd shot and you can see them like right in the center. I did not catch that one. I did catch Annie though. Yeah, they're just chilling. They're like, that we're on an audio podcast. They've got like surprised looks on their faces, uh, assumedly as they're being told that like everyone has to go to war. Yeah. And that's um 
something interesting looking back is like this is it's such it really changes the tone of things when you know you see this episode for the first time and like the colossal titan is set up to be like the big bad villain and then there's the armored titan and they kind of hang around in your mind Mm -hmm. but you eventually find out that these kids are about the same age as Aaron when they did this. It's just yeah, and kids. Like how early they were implanted into that society? Because like you would almost assume that they like uh, they they came into the society like when they started the training. Um, yeah, like that would be an assumption that makes more sense. But it's like no, they were in there from when they were like small kids, uh, which eventually like goes well with like Rainer's whole identity crisis storyline and stuff. Yeah, the soldier warrior personality split. Mm. Anything else? Um, I don't think so. Let me just double check. There's I didn't like else. I said before. The only other thing like I really picked up on was like uh, Mikasa's like overprotectiveness of Aaron. Like I think through memes and just like not remembering the first season, I kind of just attributed that all to her having a big crush on Aaron. Like on this yeah. wa- this view through, I'm, I've noticed that it's kind of probably has a shit ton to do with the fact that his family also like took him in, and his mom did like have Mikasa make that promise, um, which like obviously we go more into like backstory stuff with Mikasa and Aaron later, but um, yeah, no, I definitely Mikasa's overprotectiveness something to keep in mind. That's for yeah. sure. Um, like, something else I just remembered I noticed was Hannes makes a reference to the epidemic that Doctor Grisha saves. Uh, Shinigashina from which does he? way for yes he makes a brief line to Aaron about his his father saving them from an epidemic which fast forward oh. like 50 something episodes we are it's actually that same uh episode we see the Shadis reveal where he's talking to Shadis and we see mm-hmm. in the flashback sequence one of the things is Grisha saves the people from an epidemic he saves Carla's yeah. parents and yeah. Carla herself, and that's how he f- meets Carla and starts to fall in love. Jeez Louise. So they men- he mentions the epidemic, and then that's not played off for like another and 40 yeah. episodes. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> I So like, when this uh, anime started, how much of the manga had come out? Do you know? When the anime first started, um, I know it not was like- too much. They were a little bit into season. The reason, so not many people know this, there was a four year gap between season one and season two. Right. Because yeah. season one kind of had gotten pretty close to the manga by the time it had finished, mm-hmm. if that gives you an idea. So I think it was somewhere in the season two's territory. So they gave a few years for the manga to get ahead because, Thank you know, God. nowadays anime studios know it's not a good idea to like yeah. rush the manga or be close to the manga. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thankful but, they did um, that. <laughs> No, but you can see, like, even though he only had so much of the manga written, like, he has he had idea little ideas. Story has been going right. He can just put like, like he knows, like, uh, like I feel like that's something that's just like a world building type thing. Like, he has such a s- strong sense of world building where it's like, okay, I have like this at least a vague timeline of like, okay, there was an epidemic here. Um, and then this happened here, this happened here, this happened here. Just so like he can reference that epidemic, um, even if he hasn't like completely thought out what how it's gonna pay off later. Um Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it it's smart like that, where it like is referencing broader things 
Um, that's like going to get really honed in on explained later. Um, but if you don't have anything else, I don't have anything else. I don't think I have anything else. Uh, thank you. If you're listening, thank you for listening. I'll say it one more time. Thank you for listening next week. Uh, we're going to be doing the next two episodes. So episodes three and four, I'll make sure to put that back at the end of the Brian section too. Um, so people know uh, that's what we're going to be watching next week. So watch episodes three and four. Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about. I already said that I have, don't really have an outro planned. So uh, I guess we will see you all next week. <laughs> Is that a clean outro? Very clean. Got it.